Now joined on Behind Kentucky Football by Kentucky quarterback Will Levis. Thanks for joining us. How have your first few weeks in Lexington been? It's been great. I mean, been here for a few months actually, so been had a, had a, had a good amount of time to kind of settle in and get to know the city and uh, get to know the guys and the, and the program. So settled in really nicely, been really comfortable here, and uh, couldn't ask for anything better. How do you begin that process, kind of the, the getting to know new teammates? Because obviously that's such an important part of any position, but quarterbacks especially. Yeah, exactly. I think coming into a new team, whether it's if it's right out of high school to your new college program or if you're transferring, it's kind of overwhelming seeing all these new faces at once. All these people have to do is remember one new name where I have to remember 150 new names. Yeah. So. I mean, um, I'd be lying if I said I still, if I know everyone's name on the staff and on the team right now, just by seeing their face. So I'm still working on it, but I'm getting there. And um, that is just one thing, especially as a quarterback, you really have to connect with the guys. And to be that leader, you need to understand everyone, obviously know them by name and know how kind of their minds tick and what works for some guys, what doesn't work for some others. So it's a, it's a process. So it's definitely something that I've been uh, dealing with these past few months, and it's a, kind of a job on top of the job already at hand, which has been fun to attack, but at the same time, it's been challenging. Do you make any flashcards or anything with the guys' pictures? <laughs> Not yet. That's actually a good idea. I should probably do that, yeah. Uh, some of the work you have off-season-wise is you guys just getting together on the field. We talked a little bit with to Chris Rodriguez recently about it. How, Kind of explain how those get organized. Well, it's it's usually like the week before we'll have planned out what we are doing. Tuesdays and Thursdays we have meetings with our coaches, the specified amount of time the NCAA allows in the off season for uh, meetings to happen. So we have that. When we go out on the, on the field, we're not allowed to have like a ball with us. So that's why it's important for us as an offense and defense or every position group to go out and do their own work on the field after workouts on their own time because that's the only time we're actually going to be together with a ball throwing routes and stuff like that so usually we'll communicate with the strength staff so they know which days the receivers are running try not to kill their legs which is really good because they know that after the workout they're going to go out to run even more so uh, that's that's nice and we've been able to get in a couple at least a couple days a week we're bringing our whole offense out there and throwing routes and just looking forward to doing the real thing and hitting camp and being able to be out there with the coaches in a ball. What are your thoughts on the weapons that the quarterbacks will have this season from positional with yeah. Chris Rodriguez and all the wide receivers as well? Of course, well, and the running backs too. I think first thing that I think of is our offensive line. I know it's not what you think of for a weapon, but I mean that's where everything starts, and you need to have a solid offensive line if you want to get anything else moving. And um, obviously, we have a great tradition here of um, developing and having great offensive lines as a unit, and I think that's just going to be even better this year, which I'm excited for. And then in terms of uh, receivers, side ends, running backs, I think we're really solid all the way around. Obviously, the addition of Wandell is huge. Yeah. Um, he's going to be electric for us. And then we've got a great running back core. Uh, the receivers as a core, we're going to have some great guys we're going to be able to rotate in there. Obviously, Josh coming back, being a, a veteran dude. And then it's a shame that happened with Keaton, but I think we yeah. still have really two solid tight ends in Brendan and Justin. Mm -hmm. So um, all around as an offense, I'm really excited to see what we can do. And I think this offense that Coach Cohen brought in suits our strengths, and at least my strengths a lot mm -hmm. as a quarterback, but I think as an offense as a whole, um, it's going to be able to work together really nicely. What is that offense? How would you kind of describe it? Or let me put it this way. How did Coach Cohen describe it to, to you, you know, when you were getting recruited yeah. here? So that, that's one of the biggest things that caught my eye was my goal is to play in the NFL. And obviously 
my goal, my immediate goal is to win some games for Kentucky football. And, you know, just with team success comes individual recognition. So, I mean, that's what you got to focus on all the time, just the team, the team, the team, and trust that everything else is going to come from that. And with that in mind, just that ultimate goal in mind, Coach Cohen stressed about how great this offense would be to prepare me to be an NFL quarterback, which really caught my eye and caught my ear. And um, going back and seeing it, being able to watch some of the film in the offense that he was going to bring in that the Rams kind of use um, really made me realize how much it suited my strengths. Just being able to go under center, haven't been under center since high school. So that's one thing I also had to kind of get used to this summer, taking the under center snaps. I'm a lot more comfortable with it now and um, being ready to utilize the play action from under center and just exchanges with the running backs from under center, as well as going back to the gun and doing things from there as well. The let's jump back a little bit. The recruiting process overall, I know you know that was such a key part of Coach Cohen's offense. But what else attracted you to the program as a whole? I think the the conference, obviously the SEC, um, most competitive conference, college football. Obviously, this craziness that's happening with um, teams joining or what's going to happen with these conferences. I think that just goes to show the strength of just the conference in general. And I think that if I'm able to succeed in a conference like this, then it um, only helps my case to be able to play at the next level and I'm just a competitive person I want to I want to play the best teams I want to beat the best teams and I want to play for the best teams so being able to play for Kentucky obviously has had really solid seasons the past few years three bowl games in a row with the addition of coach Cohen I think that on top of just playing in a big conference in a good conference playing for a good team it was just the connections that I made with the coaching staff through the recruiting process so instantly hit it off with Coach Cohen, um, Coach Stoops and just being able to talk to all of them and their philosophy and what they believe in and what they're bringing in with the offense and just how they approach the program as a whole. And I, I, I bought it and I really believed in them and uh, they believed in me. So it just kind of went from there. And with obviously when you committed, it was height of COVID, you know? Yeah. And so there was no visits, right? You didn't get, you you decided to come to Kentucky without visiting. Is yeah, that right? correct. Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't really have been able to visit anywhere, but I knew pretty soon that this was the best option I had and I was, I was ready to take it. So I just jumped for it and um, was able to visit a couple times before I actually got here mm-hmm. and um, been good ever since. What is the your the Lexington, Kentucky? The, did it live up to your expectations? Were there any surprises? I, there, was, any? there were no expectations. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'd done some research as to like what the town was like, but I mean, uh, coming from State College, obviously it's a college town. When there's when there's no students around, there's not much going around. Yeah. Lexington, it's not a huge city, but at least there is that little bit of city vibe, like downtown, um, which is really cool. And um, I think honestly, it, it's it's kind of similar to Penn State, kind of not. But the one thing that it really is different is the food here is a lot better. So that's one <laughs> thing that I've been able to kind of fall back on and and feel good about. And my parents can attest to that too. Just the restaurants here, um, you got to be careful to, with what you eat, but they're really, really good. That's, that's, that's very accurate. Yeah. Um, so what were you working on after you committed to Kentucky, but before you got mm-hmm. here, what was what was the communication between you and Coach Cohen, and what did you want to get better at before you got to yeah. Lexington? Well, just knowing what the offense looked like and knowing what kind of routes and uh, dropbacks and just progressions were going to be expected of me, I had a good idea of just what kind of balls and what kind of footwork I'd be using. So I was able to um, go from that and then take some receivers that I had at my disposal in State College and work with them that way. I'd send some videos to Coach Cohen just to kind of see like what little things needed to be adjusted or how I was doing. But um, other than that, getting getting used to taking under center reps, um, dropbacks and handoffs from under center, 
um, little things like that, as well as just keeping up with the offense and getting ready on a mental level for when I got here. Once you got here, that relationship with Coach Cohen, I'm sure, took a step forward, you know, being able to talk to him in person more. How are you building that, not just on the field, make sure you're better, on, but, you know, off the field to build that trust as well? Yeah, I think that one thing I did when I was at Penn State that I wish I would have done a better job was, was just having better relationships with my coaches. I think coming from a high schooler into college, I kind of had this mindset of um, – these are your coaches, they're here to coach you, and that's kind of it. But when you get down to it, if you want to be a successful program, you got to have that relationship between uh, players and coaches. Not like buddy-buddy stuff, but just having that comfort with them to be able to uh, ask them questions and pretty much just ask them about anything. And I think if you're able to do that, especially between a quarterback and their offensive coordinator, just the trust becomes a lot uh, better, and there's just a great dynamic between the two and then the offense as a whole. So I, I definitely try to do more of that, get to know Coach Cohen as much as possible, get to know all the coaches as much as possible, trying to get up here and watch film with them as much as possible. I feel really, really comfortable with them. I've, I, I mean, I've only been here a few months, but I'm more comfortable with this staff already than I ever was with the staff at Penn State, um, which is a lot to do with just how I approach that, I think, mm -hmm. but it also is a test to um, their personalities and how they've approached the transition. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, walking around the facility, got everybody's almost back now with, with camp just in a few weeks away. What are you most excited about once you get into camp? I mean, just the first snap. I haven't been able to take a snap with this offense or a live snap with uh, any of the guys here yet. I've been itching to do it for a while, but just that first rep and then the next rep after that and then the next rep after that. I mean, I'm going to take it one play at a time. I'm not going to take anything for granted, but... Just excited to play some football. We'll get right back to that conversation with Will Levis, but I did want to share that Kentucky football schedule posters are now available at your local Kroger across the Commonwealth and even some up in southern Indiana. To find a full list, you can look on the UK Sports Network social media feed or do a search on UKAthletics.com to find those locations. Posters will also be available at Fan Day, which is going to be on August 7th. Fan Day is presented by Big O Tires. There'll be more updates on the exact time and details of the event, which will be held in Kroger Field this year. So follow along with Kentucky Football on social media, and we'll be sharing those across the UK Sports Network platforms as well. Also, 2021 Kentucky football tickets are now available. We're talking season ticket, mini plan, group, and even single game ticket pricing can all be found by visiting UKFootballTix.com. That's UKFootballTix.com. Check it out for the best options for you and your family. And let's get back to Kroger Field together for the team. You talked about your, your family. Uh, you mentioned them. A little bit ago, the, you come from a, a pretty long line of athletes. Is it going all the way back to your grandpa or great-grandpa that won a, a national championship? Yeah, my great-grandfather won a national championship with uh, Cornell, which is kind of weird. But, <laughs> yeah, football, if you could believe that. What's it? What's that family dynamic, you know, growing up where you have such a long legacy of football? Is there? Did you feel pressure to get into the game, or did you just kind of – not know any anything else else other than playing football. Yeah, I don't, I don't think I ever got pressured into it. I think it was just something that, because of my nature and my competitiveness and just having it surrounded me, I just kind of glommed onto it immediately when I was a little kid and just wrote it out throughout my whole high school career and then obviously got good enough to play in college. But I played every sport I could get my hands on. 
football was obviously one of the ones that I was a little better at and <laughs> that I had more fun with. Yeah. But uh, never never was forced into anything, really. just kind of so happened to be that way. What other sports were you playing growing up? Uh, I mean, started off with soccer, just like everyone else, I think, because that's the only thing you can play. Then when I got sick of that, I played football. And then uh, I wrestled a little bit, played basketball, um, lacrosse and baseball at the same time. Uh, ran track in high school for a little bit too so all over the place how does that does that help you in football or how how do you think that helps you in the athlete that you've become now yeah I think playing all those sports growing up especially from a developmental standpoint and just of pure just motor skills and being able to learn how to move efficiently and to think that changing sports gives you opportunities to move in ways that aren't necessarily prominent in other sports Mm so um, I think as a younger kid, it's gonna, it's extremely, extremely, extremely important. I do wish I would have played a little more other sports in high school. I only played baseball for two years and then ran track for that last year just to get a little faster. But would have liked to play basketball, maybe baseball for another year. But that's one thing I would do, would change at least if I were to go back. So was uh, what was your second best sport? Was it baseball? Baseball, baseball? yeah. What, uh, pitcher, shortstop? I, I played I mean- shortstop and then I got... Taller, so then I played third, but I was always more of a hitter. Okay, I could hit the blank out of the ball. <laughs> I could, yeah. I, I I I love just going to the batting cages or hitting BP when I go home with some of my friends that yeah. play baseball whenever I can. I don't think there's a better feeling in sports than catching one square in the barrel. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Transitioning to some more off the field stuff. The social media, you see, you, yeah. you're on there, but. Golf. Oh yeah, a, you're a big a big golf guy. Saw yeah. you out with a couple. Was it just John Young and yep. who else you were hitting the links with? Uh, I was playing with Ben Drake this okay. past weekend. I think we're gonna play again t- <laughs> this afternoon. But a handful of guys in the team that I've played with here. It's been a lot of fun. S- some beautiful courses here in Lexington. Yes. I really didn't pick it up until this past year in the spring for my general health and wellness credits at Penn State. They offered a golf class, so I took that, which was really cool. I'd played a little bit uh, beforehand, but never really took it seriously. Then got up here, got got an actual like set of clubs for the first time, and then ever since then it's been any time I can get some free time when I'm not playing football or studying football. I'm probably I'm playing golf right now because I'm not taking a class. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's it's a great game. I wish I would have picked maybe a less expensive hobby, but <laughs> it's uh it's a lot of fun. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of classes, obviously graduated from Penn State with the the degree in, in finance. Uh, share what your graduate program, your advanced program here at Kentucky is, and and what you hope to get out of that. Uh, so it's a master's in finance that I'm doing. It's a one year program, but I think I'm I'm planning it out that with the NCA requires I think undergrad students to take 12 credits a semester, whereas graduates only nine. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm only going to take nine credits a semester just so I can focus as much on football as possible and maybe stretch that program into a year and a half because I technically still have three years left to play yeah. here and I'm already in a master's program. So I'm, I'm really in no rush. What I hope to get out of that is to just prepare me even further for a future in that field um, whenever football does end because it will end. And because I do think that I could see myself working in finance in one way or another not really sure which avenue mm-hmm. necessarily but I, I really do know that this program is only going to help me uh, prepare me further for that so just looking forward to that I'm gonna do my best with that and try to get out as much of it 
as much out of it as I can. You talked to Coach White at all about finance because I don't know if you're aware, but he was actually in banking for a few years and had his finance degree from Wake before he got back into coaching. I didn't know that. No, I yeah. should talk to him about that. Yeah, because it's a he has an interesting kind of mindset. He talks about how you know he brings some analytics to like football and stuff oh, that cool. he got from yeah from from some the moneyball stuff. Yeah, yeah slightly <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's 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 he really got got a lot out of it. Obviously, you know, working in it for a few years, it was kind of funny. He was telling me that uh, you know he got the job in finance was going to go be a grad assistant uh, on a staff and the comp- the bank he was with said you can come back if this doesn't work out and within two months that was when the the stark market crash from the early 2000s 2008, yeah. and so that got away and then he was all in on coaching because he didn't cool. have a, <laughs> a backup yeah. plan yeah it's a it's a it, there's always something in finance for oh, sure oh yeah oh yeah so we mentioned a little bit the golf that you've posted on your social media what's your favorite social media that you you use are you a TikTok, Instagram, or does I probably say Instagram, just because that's probably now I have more followers on TikTok, but that's just more like a genuine I feel like follower base. Yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense. A lot of the people on TikTok are just random people that just happen to see your video, whereas yeah. like Instagram, I feel like that's where I'm connected with the most, um, or at least actively connected with the most people that I personally know. Yeah. Um, I so then I have those connections with them, which is cool. It's also where you you only post your best pictures. So I mean, <laughs> you uh, it's always got to be good content on there. Twitter's great just because it's funny. Yeah. And then um, I got I haven't posted on LinkedIn in a while. I've meant to get back on it and get my uh, profile updated. I think yeah. it's still Penn State stuff. So I got to get that changed. <laughs> but um, gonna have to grind on that a little bit. How do you use social media to make sure? that it is a positive because when people talk about it, there is, you know, a yeah. downside. Yeah. I, this is a really touchy subject for me just because personality wise, I am a person to like not want to post something just because like it's the like cool thing to do. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of trends and stuff I see on like TikTok, Instagram, wherever, where I'm just like, I don't know. It just makes me kind of like cringe. Like, I couldn't see myself doing that. Like, just like if I, if if I were looking from the outside in and I saw someone like myself posting that, I wouldn't think too highly of it and yeah. them. And that kind of like, it's not necessarily like the type of content. It's like um, being in the position I am. You have to stay away from images that would have any kind of NSFW yeah. um, content. So there's always that kind of uh, caution in it. And then on top of that, it's just you want to make sure every single thing that you post is in line with your brand, and it's gonna it's gonna help you further your opportunities, especially now with all this NIL stuff. It's even more important than ever. I mean, um, the amount of followers you have is the amount of opportunities that you're gonna yeah. have with brands. So with that, with the NIL stuff, I, I've tried to kind of um, expand my boundaries in terms of what I allow myself to to post on social media while still being appropriate. But um, I feel like it's gonna be some trial and error and just, it's gonna be a lot of, a lot more more content, more thoughtful content and more strategic content coming out of my end, uh, which I'm looking forward to and it's gonna be a process. Yeah, and I mean, this has been, you know, this being a college athlete for three years, this is not just NIL before that, because you know, you're representing your school, you're representing yourself and you wanna make sure 
that, um, you know, a lot of times that social media is your first impression to somebody. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously important that way, but just with the direct financial tie to it yeah. now, it's definitely a little more important. Yeah. There's more incentive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's no doubt uh, about that. How do you, how have you guys as a quarterback room, um, gotten along so far, uh, together, so far, working with film or whatever, how are you building those relationships with Joey, Bo, Kaya, Nick, and all the other guys? Yeah, it's been really good. I think, I mean, all of us work out, except for Kaya, just because he's younger, but all of us work out at the same, same. time uh, every day. We're right next to each other on the weight rack. We're always near each other when we're running and stuff. So um, always supporting each other, um, giving each other advice. Then we're out there throwing, go- talking through footwork progressions, what we're doing on certain throws. And it's been really, really good. I mean, coming in, I didn't know what it was going to be like just because I know that there is that kind of question mark around the quarterback spot. And me coming in um, new, well, these guys have been here for a little bit. Um, I thought there might be a little tension, but there really hasn't been any, and it's been great. And that's what I wanted to kind of diffuse if that were to be the situation, but I haven't had to even think about it, which has been awesome. Yeah, because, I mean, that's always the – Tough dynamic in the quarterback room. Yeah. So, um, there's one guy taking snaps on game day, but you're still yeah. teammates at the end of the day, so you want to yeah. make sure that you still have have that dynamic. For sure. Um, th- what about building relationships a little bit? We talked to, about throwing with some of, some of the wide receivers, but just how do you build those bonds? Maybe any off-the-field gatherings with, with some of those guys so far? Yeah, I mean, we have weekends off, so I mean um, – There'll be some weekends where we all hang out, whether it's at like a pool or just at someone's house or whatever. And um, I think that everyone on the team here uh, just really supports each other. And there's always like opportunities to go and do whatever with other guys. So mm-hmm. um, off the field, whether it's in the in the locker room or just um, going to the driving range or going anywhere, going out to dinner with some of the dudes. Uh, you do got to put in the work a little bit to kind of get to know these guys and yeah. get their trust. But, I mean, at the same time, it's a lot of fun because you're, you're getting to know all these great kids and um, having fun at the same time. You're wearing a, a Raptor shirt. Yeah. Is there any ties or did you just like the shirt? No, it's just a cool shirt. <laughs> I mean, these are the coolest <laughs> uniforms, I think, in NBA history. But uh, yeah. Vince Carter, uh, it's just the only thing I think about when I see this. No doubt. Yeah, yeah him and Tracy McGrady made yeah. those really cool. And it's funny because if – what was I watching? There's some documentary, I think, on Vince Carter, maybe, where everybody made fun of him because they said, oh, you're a purple dinosaur. So when they first launched the franchise, everybody was calling him, like, Barney. Huh. But then when Vince came, it obviously became yeah. super cool. Yeah. Interesting. I never knew that. Because, that, see, that's what I was – I was talking to Josh Pascal about this. He was wearing a some band. Was it ACDC or Leonard Skinner or something, and he goes, "No, I don't listen to them. I just, I just like the show." Yeah, I'm, so. I'm guilty of that too. I definitely have some graffitis of, of. I mean, I, I have a Pink Floyd shirt. I think I can name two songs by Pink Floyd. So, uh, guilty as charged. All right, so uh, we'll we'll wrap up here with with two quick things. One, you mentioned your social media. I guess I let you let everybody know where they can follow you on on those platforms. If yeah. You want to share. So full name is Will Levis, L-E-V-I-S. My Instagram is at W.Lev. So is my TikTok. And my Twitter is at Will underscore Levis. Should be able to find me on all platforms if you just look up my name, though. But those are my handles. Yeah, and we'll be you know, tagging us when we po- post these on our, our Twitter account as well. Actually, I lied. I have one more. Does your last name get mispronounced as the, yeah. as the jeans a lot? I get the jeans a lot. I've heard 
Levi's, like the jeans. I've heard Levis. I've heard uh, Levi's, I think. And then I, I get Lewis a lot because oh, people geez. just assume it's a W or just kind of read through it quick. And you don't see a lot of Levis's. You see a lot of Lewis's, though. But um, I'd say it's only about a third of the time where, like, someone gets it right the first try so it's, it's kind of funny that is and weird. every time you type it in it auto corrects to levi's too with the with the apostrophe so i don't know oh well there's some joke to be made i guess about yeah. your family being uh, good athletes in jeans or something along oh those. i never thought about that but yeah runs, uh, runs in the jeans or something, e- exactly yeah. uh we, we touched on it a lot a little bit just bringing it all together ultimately why was it kentucky for you why did you want to be part of this program overall i mean i wanted to be a part of a team and a year or a a group of years that turned around, even though they're already on the right path, but kind of brought this team to the next level where it's going to be. I mean, I want to be in Atlanta this year. Like that's the goal. That's what we're all talking about. Um, 500 isn't going to do it. Six and six, or I mean, seven and five isn't going to do it. We're going to try to win every game. And I think we got a really good schedule and I think that we got a really good team and we got a shot to turn some heads. So, that's why I came here. I wanted to turn heads, and I came here because I knew that I could do it here. And um, just looking forward to showing everybody what we got. Will, thank you for your time. Thank you. Thanks so much to Will Levis for his time. Reach out to him on social. Hit him with a comment or tweet and let him know that you enjoyed listening to him. Be sure to follow him as well. And speaking of following, be sure to be following us on all our social media platforms. Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We're going to be sharing way more Kentucky football content in the upcoming weeks as we're revving up for camp. And then once we're in camp, you know it's going to be going almost daily with all the stuff that's going to be coming out from the UK football program as they prepare for this 2021 season. If you're a member of the BBN, you're not going to want to miss any of it. And if you could, share this podcast with your fellow Kentucky football fans and make sure you ask them to subscribe. That's the best way to grow the podcast and to grow the Big Blue Nation family. If you have any comments for me, feel free to reach out. I am at Curtis Birch, B-U-R-C-H on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening to Behind Kentucky Football. Check, check. All righty.